Welcome to the Wine After Work podcast. This is your host, Bryce Batts. I'm a career coach, mom of two girls, former college cheerleader, and current encourager of women. I'm so grateful you're here. It's my mission to help women break through the glass ceiling, rise up, and step into their greatness. Now grab a glass of wine and settle in. Melissa is a finance and accounting executive bringing over 20 years of experience driving sustainable business growth and optimizing business strategy processes. She's worked across multiple industries and internationally. Melissa is passionate about building high-performing teams, leadership, and maximizing every opportunity. She has broad-based expertise, including strategic planning, project management, process evaluation, contract negotiation, and business transformation. Melissa is also the author of Efficiency Bitch, How Ambitious Women Can Have It All Without Doing It All. I know, I definitely want to know the the, the tricks and tips for that. So listen in, I think you'll love Melissa and get to know more about her business, uh, Two Cents Consulting. Uh, so enjoy the show. Hey, Melissa, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having uh, me on. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you on Wine After Work. So much fun. Can't wait to learn more about you and uh, your book and your business and your podcast, all the things. I, I know you talk to women about finances, which is always yeah. scary. And I know personally, I, I there's times I haven't wanted to look at things. <laughs> yeah. So tell me how you got started with Two Cents Consulting. Yeah. So I spent 20 years in corporate finance. I worked for a luxury hospitality company. Uh, the first 10 years I was in the hotels, you know, working my way through the accounting departments. Um, and then the second half of my career there, I was uh, the project manager and eventual director of the outsource of accounting. Um, so we took all of the on-site accounting work and moved it offshore. It was an incredible opportunity. I learned so much about process and organization and most importantly, communication. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also missed a lot of the like day-to-day accounting stuff that I that I was just part of who I am, you know? Right. Um, so I miss bank reconciliations and doing things like that. So I started helping... Um, a friend who owns a website development company with his bookkeeping. And then my grandmother asked if I would help her HOA. And I was like, this is fun. I'm enjoying doing this. And I started an LLC, just which everybody should do. If you don't have an LLC and you're running a business, you should. It separates you legally from your business. So I started one and then COVID happened. And when COVID happened, you know, I mean, I don't tell you, everybody kind of shifted and started taking thought about what they were doing next. The hospitality industry absolutely crumbled. Um, And so it was a good opportunity to kind of sit back and think about what I want to do next. And we started, I have a partner, her name's Leanne, um, and she left her job in the hospitality industry at the same time. And what we found was there was all these small businesses who were panicking because of the PPP loans and the EDIL loans that were out. No one had their books together or in order in order to qualify for these programs. And so we started helping people for free because it was the right thing to do. And we had the knowledge and the skill set to do so. So we did, we helped about a dozen small businesses um, get their books together so that they could 
you know, put in for the PPP loans. And from there, the business just kind of exploded. Um, between our reputation for both of us, we both work for the same company. Um, our reputation there, you know, former colleagues were now owning businesses. And so they started hiring us and it just really took off. So it's been a an incredible journey. Yeah, yeah that's really awesome. That's so cool. Oh, and you know, I love that you both were were well known in the company that you worked for and you were doing really well there. You had made a name for yourself. I mean, as many people know, you need to be good in the business you're working in before you start your your own business. So that name, yeah. you know, recognition and um, you know, all of that helps. Yeah, and we had the goods to back it up, right? We had the street credit, we had the experience. I mean, we're both, we both have masters, we both have bachelor's degrees, but the experience that we got yeah. in that 15, 20 years um span at our at our corporate job really helped us take off. Um we were both not well, Leanne's a little younger than me, so she's in her <laughs> mid-30s. I'm in my early 40s. Um, but we still have this huge career ahead of us and building it for ourselves has been really fun. We only help small businesses. So our okay. favorites are startups, um, small, small businesses. And we also really love helping people who are looking to sell their business. Um, oh, interesting. And we, we tell all, sm all small business owners should be thinking about how they will eventually get out of business when hopefully yeah. that's in the process of selling. Um, so we really love helping there too. We, we brand ourselves as fractional CFOs. So all oh, major cool. corporations have C a CFO, right? And so we are a fraction of one for all small businesses. Bookkeeping comes with the territory, but the real magic for us is in the CFO work. Oh, very cool. And yeah. so were finance is something you were always interested in, even growing mm -hmm. up. No, but yes, um, I I was forced, I, I'll say I was forced, my mother strongly encouraged me to be a bank teller uh, at age 16. She oh, worked for wow. the bank as well, okay. and I did, I did not want to, so I took a job at Foot Locker because there was boys there, and then I took a job. <laughs> and shoes. What, and shoes. What more could you ask for? That's all a 16-year-old girl wants to do. <laughs> Um, so I took a job at Foot Locker at minimum wage, and then I took a job at as a bank teller making double minimum wage, but I hated oh, wow. it. And I didn't need two jobs, but I was trying to like appease my mom and do what I wanted to do at the same time. And it turns out it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, being in the banking industry, I learned so much about money and people and the way people spend money. Um, really cool experience. When I graduated from university, I went to school for hotel restaurant management. I thought I wanted to own a bar. Um, okay. It turns out I didn't. It turns out I liked <laughs> to be in bars. I just did. <laughs> Very different situation. That's um, all right. I tried. I, I owned a clothing store for a while. I found out that wasn't for me. I like shopping. Yeah. <laughs> I like being in clothing stores. <laughs> yeah, very different, right? When you yeah. actually have to to do it all as an owner. Um, but what I what I was working at a hotel right out of school, and the financial controller recognized my my probably natural talent at money. I didn't I didn't notice it at the time. I didn't see it, but he did. And he asked me if I wanted to try accounting. And I said, no. And he said, well, why don't you try it for a week? And if you hate it, you can move to the front desk. I was in like a manager rotation kind of program as a, as a recent grad. First day I fell in love. I was like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I just have for the last 20, 
one years. <laughs> it's crazy. And very cool that he saw that in you and gave you yeah. that opportunity. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. And I still talk to that guy. He, he oh, changed, nice. my, changed my life, changed the trajectory of my life. So um, I'm very, very grateful for that. And, and so cool that you and Leanne saw a need and started helping people for free, which I would assume you had some people tell you not to do. Like, why would you help them for free if they're willing to pay you and they and they need your help? But clearly it worked out for you, especially during the pandemic. Right. Like, I feel like there was people gouging people oh, for gosh, support yeah. during the pandemic, but we didn't have anything to sell at that point. We were we were kind of new. <laughs> Excuse me. We were new into what we were doing for small businesses. I mean, we had all the expertise from our corporate lives, but we were really starting to learn about small businesses and the difference between an LLC and an S corp and a partnership and a sole prop. And like, sure. we, were, we were starting to dig into that space. And so it felt good and it felt right to just offer people support. Um, and what happened is we gained a lot of trust and a lot of respect. And then yeah. they were like, we're paying you from now on, keep doing this. And it just, yeah. it, it just turned out beautifully. Well, that's so great. Yeah. I mean, I've spent most of my career, except for the part where I owned a clothing store for a little while <laughs> in recruiting. And so I, during COVID, same thing happened to me. You know, I left the firm I was with, I got certified as a career coach so I could start helping some of those people on the side, but I did coaching for free for a little while, you know, yeah. just for the practice. And uh, to get my name out there as a career coach, you know, you start to brand yourself as something a little bit different. So how long have you had the business now? Two or three years? Uh, three years this week, as a matter of fact. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Very yeah. exciting. So we've officially formally been an LLC for a little over three years um, and working together and we no end in sight. Very cool. Um, so what do you think is next for you guys and, and the business? More employees. Uh, we okay. hired uh, we hired our first employee uh, mid last year, so now there's three of us, and then we have a couple contractors that help us. But I'd like to hire some more women, particularly women who are interested in learning more about uh, business strategy and financial controls. Um, we don't do taxes, right? So we're not going to fill out tax forms. We work okay. with our client CPAs to ensure that everything is done properly. But we really focus on cash flow and forecast and budget and strategy of, of all of those things. We also pride ourselves on our network. So sure. knowing a lot of people who can help with a lot of different things is something that also we're very passionate about. Um, so hopefully it will continue to grow. My partner just moved from Hawaii to California this month. Okay. So now she's a little closer. Um, so hopefully we'll have some more time together, but it's been really cool because we help clients all over the country um, from Florida to Hawaii and everything in between. And she and I are even remote from one another. So we walk the walk and we know exactly what it takes to run a business um, remotely and, and in, right. in person and kind of all the different angles. So it's been really okay. rewarding. Good. Yeah. I was wondering if you guys were both remote and if your employees were remote. Um, and I'm glad you brought up the piece about the CPA. So you don't do taxes. You still need a CPA because I think most, um, you know, most businesses know we've got to have a CPA. We've got to have a, an attorney to help us. Um, 
but maybe they don't know they need someone like you to help them. And especially in the beginning, when you're trying to figure out how much do I save for taxes? Should I have various bank accounts? And I'm yeah. curious about your opinion on that. Um, and if you are into profit first and things, you know, I, I just stumbled on that book recently. Yeah, that's, yes, I'll say, I, I definitely think that businesses need both. Um, of, well, there's three different types of accountants I believe every business needs. A bookkeeper, number one, somebody who truly understands bookkeeping. It's not simple. I mean, there's debits and credits and all kinds of stuff that goes into it. It's not as simple as just use QuickBooks and plug the numbers. Although QuickBooks Online is the only accounting software that I recommend. It's Intuit has done a phenomenal job. Of okay, good. That's what we keep, use. <laughs> yeah. keeping, keeping code up to date, you know, keeping up with the rules and the regulations, and they are always bringing out new stuff. I don't sell QuickBooks, but I that's the only thing I recommend, QuickBooks Online. Um, you know, you can find a bookkeeper, uh, $20 an hour, $50 an hour. I'll say kindly, you get what you pay for mm. in experience. So if you're paying somebody $25, $30 an hour, they probably don't have a lot of experience in bookkeeping, but that doesn't mean they're not good and, and won't learn, but they likely need somebody to support them when the anomalies happen. We're very good at that. Um, so we have a lot of clients who use us on a one or two or even five hours a month where we work with their bookkeeper. We help train their bookkeeper um, or we just go through budget, forecast, cash flow with the owner. We have other clients who have us do all of it. And so we do their bookkeeping and we're their CFO. Um, and then the third component is, so the first component bookkeeper, second component CFO, who's going to do more of the high level accounting strategy and read the financial reports it's okay you don't just want your financial report to be something you hand over to your tax accountant you want to read it you want to understand what your balance sheet is what your profit and loss statement is um and what it's saying about your business one of the things that we do every month with every client is sit down for an hour and we walk through the balance sheet and we walk through the PL and we tell a story of what's happening in the business and it's all about financial literacy we want the owners to be learning and to be understanding what they're consuming and not just have this piece of paper that they file every month or that mm -hmm. they hand over to their CPA. And then the CPA's job, they are responsible for filling out very complicated tax forms and a variety of them, depending upon your type of business, right? State forms, city forms. I mean, it can go on and on federal forms. There's so many different things. Um, I know many CPAs who will tell you that they can also be your CFO and your bookkeeper. In all honesty, I've never found a CPA who can do all three because traditionally they think through the lens of the tax form. Mm -hmm. And when you're a business owner, you do not think <laughs> through the lens of a tax form. Um, so I like to say we're a lot of that middleman. So we want the business owner to be reading it in the way that a business should be consuming the information. And then we will help translate with the CPA when the CPA asks for things like um, depreciation schedules and amortization schedules and what goes on the balance sheet and what doesn't. So um, I really believe that you need, you need to have all three in order to have a successful long-term business. That's great. It reminds me of Cliff Notes, like the Cliff Notes version, so you can understand because 100%. you say some of those words, and you know, 
if I'm looking at stuff like that, my eyes will just glaze over and I'll get very sleepy. Yeah, I think it's been one of our pieces of our competitive edge. Honestly, Leanne and I are both pretty charismatic, extroverted people. Um, we're not the traditional kind of like tax guy. <laughs> yeah, like we're just not the dorky accountant. We can geek out on a spreadsheet, but um, I think that's been part of our competitive edge too. Like people can understand what we're saying. They can ask us and feel comfortable. A lot of times talking about money can make people already in a very defensive or closed position. Yeah. Um, you feel exposed. I get it. I talk about money all day, every day. <laughs> so it doesn't do that for me, but, but that's okay for it to do that to somebody else. And then that's why we're a good fit to help people through that process. And the goal is exposure over and over and over again, so that you start to get more comfortable with it and you can start to learn um, one of the things I'm really passionate about is women in particular having um, financial literacy. And the reason is that generationally speaking, our mothers didn't have it. Um, women in this in the United States were only able to get a credit card in 1974. It's I mean, so crazy. It's so crazy. So there's no way we could expect our mothers or our grandmothers to know anything about money. And so then how would we, right? Right. Right. My primary focus as a mother with my children, I have two two girls and one boy, is that all of them understand how money works before they leave this house. Um, and I had a decent education in money management from my parents, but it's certainly not as thorough as we are with our kids. Each generation is trying to get better. Um, but my mom's mom knew zero about money. Right. Zero. So, All right. I, I love this. So what are you doing, you know, mom to mom to help your kids? Because we're using yeah. the green light card. And yeah. I feel like that helps them budget because no one's using cash anymore. And, you know, mm -hmm. I remember when I was in college, you you would get a free T-shirt for signing up for a credit card. And you're like, great, <sighs> free T-shirt. Yes. It's amazing how many college students will fall for that, too. <laughs> and it's so important that they don't. It will destroy your credit faster than anything um, so for what I do for my kids, I have a eight, 10 and 12 year old. Okay. Um, I are eight and 13. Oh, okay. So we're yeah, in the exact similar. same boat. Yep. So all my kids have chores, um, just to live here. Right. Yep, and then they same. also have opportunities to earn money. Um, we, I just recently accidentally stumbled upon, uh, an account that Chase bank has. It's called Chase first banking, I believe. Um, and they have a program where I have a checking account as the adult, and then I can have three online accounts, one for each of my children. And then that account gets broken out into a spend and a save. And I can transfer money to and from the kids. They can request money if they did chores. Um, they each get a debit card and then I can approve the purchases. So similar to the green light. There's yeah, no very cool. Oh, that's but nice. I think Greenlight started it, and then I think Chase took it and enhanced it. So all the kids have the app on their tablets. You know, they get oh, really cool. motivated. Um, and so I love that. I think that's really important. I do also want them to have cash from time to time. I want them to learn to take responsibility for it. My, <laughs> yeah. my eight-year-old, like carries coins everywhere he goes, but doesn't want the paper <laughs> stuff. So I don't know. Um, but really, again, I'd say it's exposure. So the more you talk about money in front of your children, the more natural it will feel to them yeah. to talk about money later. 
No, it doesn't mean you have to tell them how much your paycheck is if that makes you uncomfortable, but explaining that you pay an electric bill and this is how much it costs every month, or this is how your mortgage or your rent works. Um, we we talked a lot about the mortgage process with our children when we bought a house. My husband yeah. recently bought a new truck. We talked about that, the loan process for that. It doesn't land completely yet, but they're being exposed to language that later on will mean something. And yeah. And it won't, they won't feel like it's a taboo topic. Um, Mm -hmm. My brother-in-law wrote a really cool book called Raising LGBTQ Allies. And his biggest message, and I think it's, it applies to so much is not saying something is saying something. So if you don't talk about money, you're implying to your child that you shouldn't talk about money. Yeah. Like it's a hush, hush. Exactly. So the more you just talk about it naturally um, in front of them, um, label how much things cost, right? You want them to know that peanut butter jar cost us $350. The price of eggs has gone through the roof. Like, right. They need to hear that dialogue. Um, I know when I was a kid, it was like, don't talk about money in front of people. It makes them uncomfortable. And I'm here to say, like, we should start making ourselves a little uncomfortable so that our kids don't experience that later. Yeah, the rules have really changed. You know, I had a client recently that I went to visit and he said, are Gen Zers really talking about salary with one another? And I said, yeah, they are. And I had a Gen Zer colleague with me and I was like, well, ask her. She's Mm -hmm. of that age. But yes, they are talking about money more. It's yep. not as much of a taboo topic as it used to be. Um, so, I think and it will help. It will help close the gender gap, the the pay gap yes. for gender equality. Yeah. The more we talk about it, right? Um, I I do some mentoring at, at two local universities here in Phoenix, and I'm always telling these students, you should be talking to each other about how much you're being offered. If this company's offering you X and that company's offering you Y, and both of you are getting different offers, you should talk to each other about that. It only yeah. helps the whole situation. Um, I'm also a big believer when it comes to money management that how much you make is almost irrelevant. The more important piece is how much you spend. Um, if you don't know how much you spend, it, you're going to be in debt either way. Um, I know people who make millions of dollars who are in debt because they don't know how much they spend. So so true. My husband and I recently, we signed up for Mint again and we were doing the budget. And, you know, my old way of thinking was always, well, if I'll just work, I'll just make more money or I'll work more to get what I want. But when you look at the budget, you're like, oh gosh, we're paying that for sitters every month or we're paying that for the gym or whatever it may be. Uh It's so good to look at it. Yeah, so I tell the story. Idea. I tell the story in my book. I have a PL for my family because I'm an accountant and that's what I do. Um, but I have a line for ice cream on my PL for my family. Like I have a grocery line and then I have a food, like eating out restaurant fast food sure. line. And then I specifically call out ice cream because I want my kids to understand how fast it adds up when you ask me for Dairy Queen every other day, right? And yes, I want to treat them to things like this, but a family of five going to Dairy Queen once a week is a lot of money. And so <laughs> yes. I want them to recognize it's not a waste of money. We enjoy it. It's a treat, but they also need to cap out on those treats um, and set a goal and a budget. So those types of things, that's kind of pieces of information is really important. I'm sure if you've 
paid attention or ever tried to diet, the first thing a nutritionist tells you is track what you're eating. Yep. It's the exact same thing in money management. Like really, it's that simple. If you can analyze what you're spending your money on, you will be shocked and no one needs to tell you what to do. You're going to know, you're going to know exactly what to do next. Yeah. Um, there's so many tools for it. Rocket Money's out there right now doing a lot of really good things in this space. I would highly recommend looking at that. Um, but you can also just download your transactions from your bank account. I don't use cash for anything for this very purpose because I want to be able to download my transactions from my credit card or my checking yeah. account, quickly sort it in an Excel file, and I can see, bam, I spent $1,500 at McDonald's this month. And I'm like, whoa, right? right. But you don't recognize it when it's happening because it's- don't. We try to do here. We try to do the same thing with the cash, and you know, the kids always want to treat. But after school, typically we have somewhere to be, something to do. But recently, they're like, "Mom, let's go to Sweet Frogs." Uh, Okay, so I caved. I'm not kidding you. They each got a ten dollar ice cream each. I was like, "Guys, this is why we don't do this." I'm like, "You're eating twenty dollars worth of ice cream right now." Yeah, insane. It's insane, and. They need to hear that so that it means something. So my kids are the same way. They want ICs after school every day at the gas station. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It's an icy, right? It's like two bucks. Oh my gosh. Like suddenly at the end of the month, we've spent $400 on freaking ICs. <laughs> so yeah. now they have to pay for their own ICs. I will pay for one a week, right? It goes Love into the it. ice cream line. I mean, there's, there's really some things that it's important as adults, because let's be honest, we probably weren't taught this anyway, but then if you want your kids to be good at it, we have to help them build that muscle as well. Yeah, it's so true. Well, yeah. um, you mentioned your book, so tell us the title of your book, and I know you've got a podcast too, so tell us all about that. Yeah, the podcast and the book are both called Efficiency Bitch. Uh, the subtitle of the book is How Ambitious Women Can Have It All Without Doing It All. And it's my story, tips and tricks about having three kids, having a corporate job, building a business, all of the things. Um, I use the word bitch as an acronym. So it's bank, inbox, time, connection, and harmony. Um, And those are the five pillars that I've designed in order to help women have it all without doing it all. And you'll notice bank is the very first one. not only because it's the first letter of bitch, but it's also the thing that's most important to me about money management. Um, Inbox and time kind of go together, right? It's all about how you spend your time. Connection is where you spend, who you spend your time with, the people around you, how you show up in your community. And then finally, harmony is the the bow that holds it all together. Um, I don't believe in work-life balance. I believe the word balance indicates that all parts are equal, where really what I'm after is all parts are in agreement, which is what the word harmony means. Um, so it's really just my my nod to my 25-year-old self who was trying to decide if I wanted to have a family while having a career. And the answer is hell yes. And I still <laughs> do it all over again. Um, just hoping to help a generation behind me do it a little bit smarter than I did. Oh, I love that. Absolutely love it. I'm going to I hope to be on your podcast at some point. Yes, we'll I would love to have you. Start listening. <laughs> I would love to have you. Oh, each, episode, each episode is broken out into one of those letters. So there would be a bunch of B Very if you wanted cool. to binge the bank or a bunch of H if you wanted to listen to that. So we try to break it up so that it's digestible in that space too. 
Yeah, that's great. I love the acronym. I mean, it just helps you remember everything. <laughs> it's it's so funny how those things happen. You know, like efficiency bitch is actually something I called my mother, not a very nice thing, as a teenager. I said that you don't have to be such an efficiency bitch. Like I was not being a nice kid. <laughs> well, and we've all turned, been there in our teens. Yeah. And it turned into a term of endearment between us. And then it turned into a podcast and then it turned into a book. And, you know, it's funny how sometimes those things work out. Oh, that's awesome. Well, <laughs> tell, tell us where we can find you. And um, I feel like we could talk for hours. I've yeah. loved this conversation. Oh, <laughs> so thank can't you. wait to do it again, for sure. But <laughs> yeah, tell definitely. everyone where they can find you because you've got some great, great tips. Thank you. I'm all over the place, right? So you can find me on all the typical places on social media. Uh, the only thing I'm not on is Twitter. Uh, Efficiency B is my handle on Instagram. You can find us at twocentsconsulting.com. It's S-E-N-S-E, like making sense. Mm -hmm. um, or efficiencybitch.com, all the places. Or send me a smoke signal, like whatever. I'm super <laughs> flexible. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks so much, Melissa. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you back here next week and make sure to share the episode with a friend that would enjoy the conversation we just had. Also join the Wine After Work Facebook group to connect with other like-minded women.